We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live once again. It is the Monday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. That gentleman you see there in cow hat is the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. And today... We got a front of the program on. Max, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself before we uh, before we start rolling this? Yep. So, longtime listener of the podcast, kind of stumbled on it first day of the season, looking for some bets. Um, I'm in New York right now, born and raised in New York City. Graduated from uh, Vanderbilt last year. Was the sports editor of their their student newspaper last year. Um, went there on a, a sports journalism scholarship as well. So been kind of was kind of the beat writer for, for the school for four years there and have been covering college basketball uh, a lot lately. So super tuned in and, and super excited to, to get started today. Hey, Rob, Max and I have something in common. You know what it is? <laughs> You're both blocked by Jerry Stackhouse? <laughs> yep. We are. The only one on the stream right now that's not blocked by him? Okay. We are. <laughs> It's very true. Max, why do you get blocked? What what you tweet what you write? What'd you tweet? Uh so last year in the middle of a non-conference game, Stack was playing he was playing walk-ons, kind of big minutes in, in the first half and in the, in early in the second half of games, in close games against uh, against uh, against good opponents. And so I tweeted something like, Can't understand why Stackhouse continues to play walk-ons, big minutes in close games. Does he realize these games will matter? And that was it. <laughs> That was that was all it took. Uh, next thing I know, somebody sent me a, a tweet by him, and I couldn't see it because I was blocked. So that's the last thing I remember. It, it is kind of amazing that an NBA player uh, that had as much success as he did would be so thin-skinned to block anybody that questions anything he does. Like, I, I don't get that. Like, it's one thing. You want to block me? I've kind of come at you a little bit. I, I get it, I guess. But, but again, it was never personal with me. It, it was really more for me. Um, and we're not going to go into this over and over and over, but it was more for me of, of the AD firing Bryce Drew and hiring Stack and Stack hiring a staff that made no sense. But I don't understand why he blocks everybody under the sun that questions anything about him. I, I kind of get it a little bit. I, I've been blocking people like crazy this year just because I don't have the time. I, I get distracted when yeah. it's come at me on Twitter. I do. Like I, I'll get in these stupid Twitter arguments and, and I just can't help it. So what I've started doing is like when people pop up, and it's one of these Twitter accounts that has like a name and then 17 numbers afterwards. And you click on the profile and they have like three followers and um, they were like launched in June two, uh, 2020 or something like that. I just block them. You know, 
See, for, for me, it's more of, of if somebody clutters my timeline over and over and over, I will then either block or mute them, mostly mute them. Um, you know, that's it. Like to me, if you want to come at me and you're creative, how you're going to kill me, like all the power to you, man, like that, be creative. Um, so I, I did, again, I don't get the whole stack thing, but, um, do you think Max that stack will, will, will turn this thing? I mean, obviously they've actually played fairly well lately. Do you think that they can be a program that is relevant again? I think they can. I think this off season is going to be the thing that everything hinges on. Because I think from opening tip to, to final buzzer, he can absolutely coach in this league with all the other coaches in the SEC. The question is on the recruiting trail, and it's been well documented that he does not put in a lot of effort on the recruiting trail. So I think this offseason with more transfers eligible immediately, I think that's where he could step into play. If he doesn't really get transfers, especially at center this offseason, then I start to kind of question moving forward his roster construction. But that's yeah, my main better. He better spend more time on the transfer portal and less time on the golf course. Right. I think that's, that's the key thing here in Stackhouse. Yeah, more that's time the whole thing. Portal and less time blocking people on Twitter. Is that what that's you're saying? True. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that too. All right. We had a, we had a wild day yesterday. Um, wild? Ohio State. Was that wild? Yeah. Yeah. Villanova yeah. lost. Okay. Ohio State got worked over. Right. Were you paying attention? Like, were you, were you, were you watching anything? Yeah, I don't. I just don't think there was that much going on. Like it was, it was no, a decent. No, only had two top eight teams in the country lose. That's it. Wasn't oh. that wild? Only two top eight teams in the country lost. Max, but, that does not qualify as wild in the world. They played each other, but but you had you had two top t- two top eight teams playing each other. Yes, so we had a top. We had the number eight team in the country <laughs> lose in a top ten battle, but it wasn't. Don't worry, Max. It wasn't a wild day. Um, <laughs> there were two I'm games. What can you tell? What defines a wild? If that's not a wild day, no, what defines? No, it's not a wild day. It's what not a wild. Mean? That's not. What you mean? cannot call a Sunday with two meaningful games all day uh, a, a wild day. No, no, absolutely not. You're out of your mind. Anyway, uh, Villanova lost. Ohio State got worked over at, at home uh, by Iowa. Uh, Michigan State kind of got beat up a little bit at Maryland. I think Maryland's probably a lock for the tournament at this point with that win. Um, yeah. what, was the, what was the craziest thing you saw yesterday, Max? Villanova losing early. I mean, they were never in that game, too. They came back a little bit clo- uh, early in the second half, but then Butler just shot him out of the gym again. And the issue with Villanova and the, the way that they've kind of lost their games this season is when they're cold, they're really cold from three, and they can't win when they get cold. And that's the issue. They shot 7% from three yesterday, two for 27. So, Villanova has games like they did earlier this season against Marquette where they look like they're a legitimate Final Four team when they shoot the ball the way that they are. But if they're missing open threes like Colin Gillespie was yesterday and some of those guys were yesterday, they can lose to anyone. And that's kind of what's scary about Villanova in March is we they have Final Four aspirations, but they can also lose to that in, in that 8-9 matchup or that 7-10 matchup. Yeah, I, I just feel like we, we probably have given Villanova too much credit because of their culture and what they've done. And they have good players. They do. They have really good players. But do they have a great player? Like Colin Gillespie is a good point guard. And I've had this conversation. Uh, Fran Frischel and I kind of argued about it last uh, November in Myrtle Beach. And he was like, oh, he's a top five point guard in the country. And I'm like naming him off. I'm like, maybe he's fringe ten, top ten. I still think he is. I still think that's what he is. And I think he's a really good college point guard. 
But ultimately, they don't have that dude. That dude that – and again, Rob and I, we've talked about it. Like, not only are they – if they don't make shots, they, they can't win games with their defense. That's the other part is they're not a great defense. We, we celebrate the, the All-Americans that they have on the roster. And, and you know, Colin Gillespie legitimately could have been a preseason All-American. Same thing with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. But you yeah. go back and you look at the teams that won titles for them. In 2016, they had four NBA players on the roster. Right. Ryan Archidiakono, Mikhail Bridges, Josh Hart, and Jalen Brunson. Uh, freshman year, yeah. Jalen Brunson. In 2018, they had Jalen Brunson sealed still. They had Mikhail Bridges. They also had Eric Pascal, who was playing with the Warriors. They also had Mars Feldman, first-round pick. They also had Dante DiCenzo, who was the number 17 pick in the draft, coming off their bench. Who are their pros this year? Yeah, they don't have one. I mean, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to play a long time in the NBA. Other than that, I'm not sure they have another guy. I mean, and they got good, like, again, Justin Moore is a really good player. Jermaine Samuels are, like, good college players, but you're right. And, And for some reason, I just don't know if there's some of their parts are what we thought they would be. Like, I just thought they had a lot of good players. You know, Cole Swider can really shoot the hell out of it normally. Um, you know, obviously, Brian Antoine hasn't been able to play. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I can't put my finger on anything other than the fact that they're not a, a, an overly athletic team. Um, and, and and again, they don't have that that dude. Like, their good players are good, but they're not great. They don't have one of those. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So, what was your take on Ohio State Iowa? Why don't you start with that one? I'm not. Listen, I'm not surprised. I've said it all year. I figured Ohio State would come down to earth, and they've been playing over their head all season long. And, and without a healthy Kyle Young, they're not the same team. We know that. Uh, even if he was healthy, I don't think they win that game. Uh, I, I think I was again. I always a very dangerous team when they're making shots, and if they're going up against a team that's not going to completely overwhelm them athletically which Ohio State isn't. They're not like a a superior athletic team. They can score the ball. They're not great defensively, so it kind of plays into the hands of Iowa. Um, You know, again, I think when you look at Ohio State's talent level in the country, it's probably somewhere in the top 25-ish range, right? I I think I'm scoring it a little bit just because they have – what what you want when it comes to basketball teams in the modern era are guys that are like six five to six eight that can all shoot and can all play on the perimeter. Like they have a lot of very good versatile players. Um, probably EJ Liddell's the only one that's going to play in the NBA. But I, I just I think that you're underselling him a little bit. I'd say he's probably top fifteen to top twenty. Yeah, uh, I know. But I, I think if we went through it, we could name we could name twenty teams pretty quickly that are more uh, talented overall. Ding! There it is. That someone texting to tell you that you're wrong about this. Um, the computer. Well, the, only, the only thing I'd say is that Ohio State is somewhat built in the same mold that like Villanova and Iowa is in the sense that they're pretty three point reliant. Um, great offense can't really stop anybody, uh, and eventually the regression monster was going to hit, and some of those things that they were making yeah. were going to start missing. And I kind of think like what happened against Iowa was that they missed some pretty good looks. Um, I don't think that it was necessarily Iowa's defense that really shut them down. I thought they actually missed some pretty good looks. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. You live by the three, you die by the three. And they've now lost three games in a row. I think yeah. it's probably going to be overblown. I'm, I'm really actually looking forward to betting Ohio State in their next game because think about it. First loss in that run was against Michigan at home. 
They had a chance to win if they didn't do like three dumb things down the stretch. Second loss at Michigan State was doing much better. They had a chance to win if they didn't get some horrible calls down the stretch of that game. The third one, they got some pretty good looks and missed them. So I'm not I'm not all that concerned about Ohio State. Where are you on Iowa next? I think Iowa, they're improving defensively, and that's what's important for them because they've heard all year everybody say that they can't defend. And they just held Ohio State to under 60 points in a big game that they had to win coming off the Michigan loss. So I think part of it was they played Toussaint more and they played Murray more off the bench, and that's what's big for them defensively because those five guys that they start out on the floor, they can defend better than people think they can, but they're still not a good defensive team. And when they play Murray 22 minutes and they play Toussaint 14 minutes, they instantly get better defensively. And Toussaint was effective on offense, too. I mean, this is the second time in, in recent memory that Dwayne Washington has gotten beaten off the dribble pretty much every possession. And Toussaint was doing the same thing. So I think they're going to give Toussaint more minutes over Behan. And I think that improves them defensively. And if it doesn't drop them off offensively like it didn't yesterday, I think they can be much improved. Yeah, I think the the – I don't want to call it like a – blessing in disguise because that's not the, the right word. Um, but I think the fact that this is going to force Fran to play more minutes with Keegan Murray at the four and those lines with like Patrick McCaffrey and Keegan Murray out there um, instead of running out, running out Jack Nungy at the four, like in, in that 2-3 zone, Luca Garza there. Like I just think that that's going to make him a little bit better. That's what we've been wanting to see this whole year. So, um, and But I do think they have gotten better defensively. They're never going to be great, but I think that they've gotten better. Um, it's very clear to me like that, that Fran has spent quite a bit of time in practice making sure that these guys actually understand like where they're supposed to be rotationally and, and um, things like that. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in on on Iowa making a little bit of a turnaround here. They held the top the number three offense in the country to 57 points on 64 possessions. That's it's pretty good, pretty good, Jeffrey. It is good. It is good. All right, let's move on to today's slate because I don't think anything else of note happened yesterday, was there? Utah State won at the end, of, you know, at the end of the day, but there, there wasn't a whole lot. Michigan State, Michigan State um, kind of they, they lost. At oh yeah, yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That was, that was. I don't think it's really all that notable. It's just you know, it's a loss that uh, would have helped them. Um, they still have two games against Michigan. So they're going to have chances to get in. I think they need to get one of those games against Michigan to really feel comfortable heading into Selection Sunday. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the, the bottom line is we have no idea. When, when when you go with Maryland, you have no idea what you're going to get. But Maryland, as you said, they're they're in now. I mean, they're in. They've got some really good wins uh, this season. And I don't even think – I mean, putting them on the bubble. I don't even think they're on the bubble. They're 15-10 overall. They're 9-10 right. in the Big Ten. Here, here, like, here are some of the wins that they have. They won at Wisconsin. They won at Illinois. Uh, they beat Purdue at home. Um, they swept Minnesota. They won at Rutgers. They have now that went over Michigan State. That's they got some really really good wins, uh, and I think that they have now played, um, I think sixteen quad one games. I'm just going to bring up their profile right now to double check real quick. Fourteen. They're five and nine against quad one, and uh, they have all ten of their losses have been against the top two quadrants. I think I think they're a lock at this point. You know, yeah, like, I do. Too. That's that's, no, um, that's assuming they don't blow like blow up at Northwestern or at home against Penn State. But I think that they're a lock. Yep. Yep. No, I listen. I'm I'm with you. Um, I I think you know it's going to be interesting to see with Turge if if the the fan base calms down on him a little bit if they get in the tournament. Sure. You know, you see 
they'll never yeah they'll never calm down the crazy part is listen their number one fan scott van pelt really likes Sturge. yeah like really really likes him wants him there wants him to stay um and, and that's not like bs that's not just like i mean that's me and him talking behind the scenes he, he really likes Sturge. and uh again listen they're in the mix this year um, and, and Turge generally does his best jobs, like when, when they're not expected to do as much, and uh, and that's what he's doing this year. Yep. All right, you guys ready to talk about uh, a little bit of betting for um, for tonight's slate? Yeah, look, look, I'm I'm dying to find out what Max has here. His his top pick. I, I can't wait to hear Max. What do you got? Before we do, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet. Now's the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you win at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster with rush pay, instant approval, or withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. I know because I use them. With March Madness right around the corner, there's never been a better time to give Bet Rivers Sportsbook a try. Go to betrivers.com today or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Max, what do you got? What's your favorite line today? Oregon uh, at home against Arizona. Um, I had him, I, I took him minus four and a half. I think it's five now. But Oregon's, I, I, this line was supposed to be, I thought it was going to be like two and it ended up at four and a half or five, but I'm still taking Oregon at home. They've only had one loss recently since they've been fully healthy, and that was at USC. It's a tough place to play, obviously. But I don't think Arizona's not playing for anything anymore, and Oregon is playing for, for tournament seeding, and Oregon always gets better at the end of the year, and I think they're starting to hit their peak now. And it makes sense considering how many transfers they always have, and it always takes them a little while to get things figured out because they are kind of a new team in the same way that, that a team like Kentucky is where they are a lot of new players coming in just from other schools. and so. I think Oregon towards the end of the year, I'm always high on them um, this year as well. So I'm going to take them at minus five here and, and hope that, that some free throws later, this ends up being a blowout. But I definitely think they win this game. Yeah, five is just th that line keeps creeping up. Um, it, does. It, it does keep creeping up. But I don't I don't think I want to be on Arizona in this spot. I don't think that there's a number, a uh, realistic number that you can give me where I would want to be on Arizona in this spot. So I like the logic. Jeff, where are you at? Uh, so Arizona wasn't even supposed to play this game. They thought they were done. So they, they were playing Washington last weekend, and that was kind of their senior day. They thought they were kind of done. Uh, and, and I think before that game, but they, they added this game, a postponed game from like mid, I think it was like mid-January. And Arizona has not had good success against Oregon. Um, I think they've lost like five or six straight. A lot of close games in there. But I'm, I'm with you, Max. I, I think they checked out. I think mean, they checked out. It's a bunch of international guys. Um, no Pac-12 tournament, no NCAA tournament. Oregon's playing for everything right now. Um, Oregon's a better team. It's in Eugene. I'm with you, Max. Like The number scares me a little bit because of all the close games with Sean Miller. I think it was – wasn't it a few years ago? I'm pretty sure it was the game. When everything broke with the Arizona the, – the, the DeAndre Ayton stuff at ESPN – I'm pretty sure their next game might have been in Eugene. I think so. I, I, and I think it was a close game. Um, anyway, the number scares me, but I like 
uh, I like Oregon here because, like you said, they're playing for something. Arizona's playing for absolutely nothing. And I'm still not sure of Sean Miller's future after this game. Yeah, so that that game went to overtime, and the final was 98-93, and Oregon ended up winning. But that was a bad Oregon team. That wasn't a good Oregon team. That, that, was, that was in 2018, that game? Yeah, that was the one with, like, Peyton Pritchard was a sophomore, and they had Troy Brown and Elijah right. Brown. Like, that was – uh, that was an NIT team that Arizona ended up losing to yeah. um, that day. Uh, the one thing I will say is this. Like, I, I don't know if you can just kind of blanket say that Arizona has packed it in. Uh, they they lost four out of five and five out of seven before going to USC and winning that game, then they ended up sweeping the Washington schools at home. So um, it's not like they've been playing horribly. Uh, but I do – you know, the fact that this was not a game that was on their schedule and they had a two-day turnaround – to uh, to turn around and go play at Oregon. When did they find out that they were playing, Jeff? Do you know? I don't know if it was – I think it was last week. All right, so they, they knew heading into this weekend. I think so. I don't think it was added after their game. I don't think so, but I, I'd have to look back on that. I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm – I think you guys are on the right side. I, I don't – it's not – I wouldn't classify it as one of my, uh, my favorite bets of the day. The big game, though, uh, we have the rematch – of Bedlam. This time it's going to be in Stillwater. We have Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. That is a pick em right now at Bet Rivers. A little bit of juice on Oklahoma State there. The money line is minus 108. That totals 142 and a half. Jeffrey, why don't you start us off? Uh, hold on. I'm just tweeting something. Uh, say that again. Where were we? Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah. 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 That's a good game. Sorry, you see Max. What I, you what I deal with here, Max, every day. <laughs> I, uh, Listen. It's only going to get worse because there's more and more news coming out these days. So for the next uh, five weeks, get used to it, Doster. Get used to it. Uh, it's, been this, it's been this way for three months. All right. Well, it's only going to get worse. I'm not used to it by now. What's going to like? I'm never going to be there. I'm never going to get there. Um, I'll take Kate again. I'll take Kate again. I mean, listen, it's a it's a pick 'em game. I think Oklahoma is actually favored by a point right now. Uh, you probably already said that, um, but. I, you know, they, they, they won that one uh, the other day, two days ago, and now they're in Stillwater. And as long as Brady Manick doesn't wake up, and, and I, I've said this forever, he's the key. If Brady Manick wakes up and, and, and starts making shots and starts playing tough, they're a different team. Until then, Oklahoma State's a tougher team. And, and, and Kate Cunningham, man, he, 40 and 11. Like forty and eleven against this team, and and honestly, it wasn't like they weren't defending him and they weren't doing the right things. He just made every kind of right play for the most part, and, and his poise is incredible. Um, the decision making is is pretty damn good for a freshman. I think he'll pick him apart again. He was unbelievable on Saturday. Yeah, that was that was the performance where you're like, okay, why were we ever considering anybody else for the number one pick? You know, yep. like we've seen um, – I, I love Evan Mobley. I love everything that he could bring to a game. Uh, I think Jalen Suggs is very, very, very talented and has a chance to be a great player in the NBA. But um, considering that we still haven't seen uh, what Cade does best because he hasn't had a chance to play with all those shooters around him, um, they, it's just the fact that he was able to go out and take over a game like that. against an Oklahoma team that's really good defensively that matches up well with the way that he wants to score – um, and that is able to kind of get underneath him with smaller, really, really pesky defenders. Like, it was just – he made every big shot. It, it was unbelievable. Where are you at there, Max? 
I like Oklahoma State too. I mean, Oklahoma is so good at home, and the fact that they lost that game at home and now they have to go on the road, coming off that loss and also the Kansas State loss, I think there's just a lot of pressure on them. Also, I think likely might be back tonight. I'm not sure. I think Jeff might know better than than I would on likely coming back. But yeah, I think Cade is starting to heat up and he's starting to take over games the way he's supposed to. I think he's absolutely the number one pick. Um, I, I think I think that was clear actually a little while ago. I'm not high on the Evan Mobley at number one just because I think it feels like the take the center over the scoring and ball handling wing that we've seen in past years that hasn't worked out. But yeah, I don't see Manic stepping up in this game, and it's going to all fall on Austin Reeves again. And when it all falls on Austin Reeves, Cade Cunningham's just better than him. And so Pickham, I, I thought Oklahoma State would be favored in this game, and the fact that this game is Pickham, I'll take Oklahoma State at home. They're better, and they're at home. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, what about the Carolina-Syracuse game? Yeah, I was going to say we have two games in the ACC that are probably worth talking about. Uh, Miami is playing at Virginia. That's and, not worth talking about. And you have <laughs> well, it's, it might be something worth betting on. Um, if, if Miami's packed it in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they've kind of packed it in. I mean, yes, I could see Virginia beating the, the living crap out of them if they're making shots. I, I actually – I kind of like – the more I think about it, I kind of like Miami in that spot. The one thing that they have done is just how you can like Miami. I'm not sure how you can like Miami right now. I don't like Miami, but I like Miami getting liking Virginia. Yeah, getting 14 and a half points in a game that I that that may end up being like 55 possessions. That's what that's what I like. I don't like Miami. Yeah. I, I like that many points in a game that's going to have that few possessions. But it's kind of scary. Like Miami, Miami, just so you know, just so you know, Miami's lost nine of their last ten. Um, they have kept it. They kept it within eight, eight against Clemson, ten against Notre Dame, thirteen Georgia Tech, even Florida State, seventeen. So they haven't like gotten completely four against Virginia Tech. They haven't gotten completely blown out lately. So I mean, guys are playing. Listen, bottom line is at this point, those guys at, at Miami are playing for numbers, a lot of them, because you know they they weren't going to get all these minutes going into the year, but. You know, guys like Chris Likes obviously haven't played all year. Uh, Matt Cross transfers. So I, I think ultimately some of these guys, uh, you know, like like Isaiah Wong is playing for numbers because and playing for a chance to show what he can do, whether it's for Miami next year or maybe somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, so I, was, I just looked it up. Um, I thought that they had covered more um, recently than they actually have. Uh, they they covered at Clemson on what was that Saturday? Um, yeah. but before that, they had failed to cover in their last three games. So I, uh, that's that's a pure stay away from me. Never mind. I take everything that I, I said. I take it all back. I was trying to help you, but you know, you don't listen. Why would I? Why would I ever listen to you? What has that ever gotten me in my life? I don't know. All, all I know is again scoreboard. Syracuse, North Carolina. What do we got? <laughs> he acts like I don't say. <laughs> He just acts like I don't say the word scoreboard. I don't. What? Yeah, whatever. Uh, Syracuse, uh, Carolina. Uh, just so you know, on this one, uh, Carolina's owned Syracuse since I think since uh, Syracuse got into the ACC. Um, I, I think I think it's like ten and two or something like that. Um, to me, again, I, I'm afraid. I'm always afraid to bet against Syracuse. I feel like the moment I bet against Syracuse, 
all hell breaks loose and they have this great game. So I'm, I'm scared to bet on this one, but man, it's so enticing to take Carolina. I mean, they beat them last year with that crappy Carolina team. They took care of them last year. Um, so they should, and Walker Kessler is like, he's just going to run rough shot, whatever it is, whatever that word is, rough shot, whatever. What's that word? What is it? Rough shot? Rough shot. Right, rough shot. There you go. Rough shot. He's going to run rough shot on uh, on the Qs, big guys. Um, you didn't like that? You didn't like the word? Uh, I, I, I've i never seen anybody not know what the word rough shot is before. Thought it was Max, Max just learned. I wasn't 100% sure. Not enough to correct him. And Max went to Bandy, damn it. And he doesn't know it. Look, you might be right. You might be right. Um, I love I love North Carolina there. Syracuse just doesn't. I mean, play. I do too. I do too. But I'm telling you, this is one of those. And, and it's same thing with the Oklahoma State line. That you just look at it and you're like, man, it looks too good to be true. Right? I mean, it does. It looks too good to be true. What What exactly was – I don't have it up in front of me. What exactly was the line at Bet Rivers? We have uh, – Carolina's two. Favorite too. Yeah, I, I love I love that. That's my favorite. I do too. I do too. I mean, again, I Kerwin Walton should be able to to absolutely obliterate that zone. Like Kerwin Walton. I'm so not, Williams, I think the biggest yeah. thing is um is that North Carolina pounds the offensive glass. They pound the glass. And Syracuse is starting the country. Their, their their starting center is Merrick Dolajai. <laughs> right. No, it could be it could be ugly. They rank 312 nationally in defensive rebounding percentage. <laughs> They're gonna get destroyed on the glass. It, it yeah, I mean, like honestly, like I don't Jim Beheim post game, it could be it could be really entertaining tonight. Yeah. so I, I North Carolina's my favorite bit of the day. Max, where you at? Yeah, they're going to destroy them on the glass. They destroyed them last time on the glass. They shot, I think, 39% and still won that game despite Syracuse having a pretty good shooting day. I don't see any way UNC doesn't dominate them on the glass, and, and that should be enough, I think, to cover, especially just Dolajai can't compete with, with UNC centers. Their best rebounder is Garrier, and I don't think he can compete with them either. He's a good rebounder, but he's just giving four or five inches to all of them. UNC, I think it's 10-1 and one against Syracuse since they've joined the ACC. Yeah, they've only lost once in the Carrier Dome in their history. Um, so this is not a place where they've really struggled in general, even when they haven't been good. So I, I like UNC. I do agree that this is kind of the spot where Syracuse jumps out of nowhere and puts together a good game, especially late in the season, just to get tournament people talking, even though they have no business. Right, they always that. do. Right, they, they always find a way to get in the conversation. So I just feel like this is like the ultimate trap game for a, for a better. Right, that's why it's not my favorite game. But I think you feel more stupid betting on Syracuse, hoping they pull a rabbit out of a hat, than you. And if they don't, then then you do making the. I think what's the smart bet on UNC and having Syracuse to do that? Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in trap. I don't believe. Right. In um, what else? Never- Anything else you guys like? Let I me, one more. Go ahead. Right, cool. Let me real, 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 before you do this for the people in the chat. Where's the if you could drop a link? Where's the best place that you guys go to uh, to find the schedules for the conference tournament games? If you have one one spot where everything is listed with what what's happening every single day, somebody That's drop it because I don't I don't have that and I want that. Yeah. Um, the one that I normally use is, has been inaccurate so far this year. So if you got something good for me, send it to me. All right, sorry, okay. man. 
using inaccurate places. Good, good job. Yeah. I got one more. I have uh, bad info. Good man, bad info. Well, you, you gave me this. Yeah, you gave me the conference tournament thing. I printed out. What do you want me to do? Wrong. They told me there was America East action on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, and there wasn't. I was told it was right. Damn it, Doster! What the hell did you do? Damn it! I made that. Was not me. Don't blame me. I'm not good man, bad info. Um, sorry, Max. This, this is what we deal with every single day, Max. Are you, are you getting the feel for it? Yeah. Yeah, I got I got I got one more, two more, depending on on if Isaac Bonson's playing later, just because I I want to be on Washington State, but if he's not playing, then I'm not so sure. And not only playing if he's healthy, because he played against Arizona and just didn't look hundred percent. So I'm holding off on that one just to see his injury diagnosis there, but I like Longwood plus four at UNC Asheville. Longwood hasn't played since January. And I mean, sorry, UNC Asheville hasn't played since January. And Longwood's been good recently. They're 11 and five. They're, they're 11 and 15 on the season, but they've been a lot better recently. They lost to Hampton. Before that, they had won five in a row. Um, before that, they had won, I think, eight of their last nine. So Longwood's heating up against a team that hasn't played in a long time jumping into conference tournament play. So I just think it makes it – they're getting points on the road. Um, I just like Longwood in this game. They've looked too good recently against a team that hasn't played at all. I love it. Deep play. I'm betting it. I just like that he, Max uh, comes, comes strong with some big South tournament action. <laughs> big South tourney action. Like that. That's not all the top games. Got to gotta dive a little bit deeper for some other ones. All right. But I'll say, okay, so I'm, I'm definitely going to bet that. We're going to have all the pressure on you, Max. Uh, you better right. do for us. Um, but I do just want to share real quick. So, uh, Goodman, yeah. um, response to my request. This is this is the link that Joe sent. Okay. Can you see? You guys see that pop up? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Joe, that's awesome. That is absolutely tremendous. <laughs> Basically, he's calling you a dumbass. Is what he's doing there. Is yeah, I, I deserved it, but like someone said, I can't find anything. I can't find. Oh, I love you, man. I love you. Give me all in one spot. I need something organized. I might have to make yeah, it. It would be nice. I mean, you can go to you know, you can go to ESPN and, and and scroll down, but it's easy today when there's only four tournament games. But it's a lot harder when there's you know, five six of the smaller tournaments playing, and and you're trying to filter it out. You're right. We need something. We need somewhere to go. Uh, that makes it easier for us uh, to, to look at all the, the league tournament games. Um, anything Joe, else, Rob? Since you're not doing anything of value right now, how about you just do that? Make that be your priority for the day. Yeah. We'll no, figure out how that all of our content gets out and deal with all of our producers and, and, and run this business. All I need you to do is just <laughs> make a schedule. All the conference tournament games that's actually functional and not incorrect. Do you think you can handle yeah. that? No, no I cannot. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So just so you know, I'm not. No. All right. I think that's all we got. Anybody got anything else? Um, I think that's about it. I mean, I'm tempted to go with my boy Ryan Daly getting 14 and a half at Richmond. You know, like, yeah, I mean, they're just a different team with him. I don't know if the line has completely adjusted to Ryan Daly coming back. Uh, and they play well since he came back. So I, I do think I'll take I'll take those the fourteen and a half uh, there and uh, and with that uh, we thank you Max for for your appearance uh, for bringing up the quality of the show which was not very difficult to do 
Um, and uh, hopefully one day uh, you'll be unblocked by Jerry Stackhouse. Fingers crossed, but I'm not counting on it. No, me either. Me either. <laughs>